Shalom and welcome. I'm Chelsea, certified mermaid, diver, and science communicator. And I'm Blake, scuba dive master, freediving instructor, and also a science communicator. <laughs> We've created the Save the Mermaids podcast to connect ocean lovers from across the seven seas who have a desire to protect our waters and learn to live in sync with nature. Save the mermaids, save the seas. Let's dive in. And now for our environmental news. Okay, so you remember we talked about the High Seas Treaty. Yes, we needed 60 people, I mean countries, to sign it. Yes. And I wish it was just 60 people. I know. Within like hours of it being open, 68 countries officially signed it. Woo! Which is awesome. So signing is just the first step. Um, In order for the treaty to become international law, 60 countries must ratify it. So um, if you want to help, please consider signing a petition. Um, uh, You can go to Only One's Instagram. They have the petition. I'm sure any of your conservation, ocean-y kind of pages will have it up as well. Um, we just need to support the campaign, um, and get it ratified mm. by 60 countries, but 68 signed it That's within exciting. like a day. Wow. I know. Aww. So yay. Good job world. Good job world. So is this the last, this is the last episode of Creeptober. Oh, I hate that. Um, should we just do a creep? year yeah we should do a leap year <laughs> the year that leap year is it might be next it's year is it we'll it is creep creep year it is a four year it could be it could be okay okay <laughs> um but so we are doing do you want to go first because sure. yours seemed a bummer yeah mine's a bummer let's start <laughs> let's start with the sad one okay <clears throat> okay so today um we are going to well i'm going to be talking about amphipods and Eurythinius plasticus. Um, and I will explain what all that means. Thank you. Now, amphipods are crustaceans with no carapace or shell and um, generally with laterally compressed bodies. So like a tiny flat shrimp. Mm, They're okay. little, little. I actually think um, the sea flea that I covered. Well, was our... an amphipod, I yeah. think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So same kind of deal. Um, they're mostly scavengers and um, detritivores feeding on decaying organic matter and helping to clean up the environment. They are super important for the environment. And I'm going to say that like 30 more times while I'm talking about this thing. Um, There are more than 9,900 amphipod species so far described. They are mostly marine animals, but some are found um, in almost all aquatic environments. So 1,900 species live in freshwater, and the order also even includes the terrestrial sandhopper. A sandhopper? It's just like a tiny, it's like an actual like sand flea. flea. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Better name. (laughs) I like sandhopper too. Um, Amphipods are also called freshwater shrimp, scuds, or side swimmers. You side you, swimmer. You scud. You bet for the next person who hurts my feeling. Oh, side swimmer. Side swimmer. <laughs> um, they're bottom dwelling crustaceans that can grow up to two centimeters in length. These invertebrates exhibit highly variable coloration, ranging from dark brown and green to white and translucent. Some are even bioluminescent. Oh, I know, which is super cool. If an amphipod loses a limb due to injury or predation, it can regenerate a new one through a process called autonomy. So we just have all kinds of regenerative. Everybody in the deep sea is just like, boop, doesn't matter if I lost an arm, pop another one in there. Regrow another one. 
Um, these creatures have a rich evolutionary history dating back to the Paleozoic area, era, making them one of the oldest groups of crustaceans. Mm. Um, some species of the amphipods <clears throat> can be kept as pets in aquariums. Oh, I don't know. Is why. it like a sea monkey? Kinda, yeah. yeah. Same kind of deal. Sea monkeys. I would want mine to be glow in the dark yeah. or bioluminescent. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I I used to have sea monkeys like all the time. Oh, I did too. Yeah, when I was little. I had sea monkeys. I still could. I used to before I had sea monkeys. Uh, side story. I really wanted ants. Um, I wanted an ant farm because you remember when they would like dig in and it's like the clear glass on either side and you can see their really cool tunnels. Mm -hmm. Well, my mom ordered one on the internet. Um, and apparently the bag exploded. And so when she opened the box, we had like thousands of ants just pour out into our little apartment and it terrified me because I was like four and I was like, oh my God, um, so that's when we stick with the dried sea monkeys because then they just rehydrate. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Don't get an ant box online. Oh my goodness. Speaking of bugs. I would be scarred for, I would hate that. Yep. yep oh my yep. gosh. Ugh. Yep. Well, that's the scary story for the episode. Yep. I'm not into that. <laughs> Um, okay, so like I said, amphipods play significant roles in their respective ecosystems. They contribute to nutrient cycling, serving as a, a vital food source for larger organisms, and help in the decomp decomposition of organic matter. Their presence or absence of a certain species of amphipods can provide valuable insight into the health and quality of aquatic e ecosystems. Mm. So very much like if you don't see any like turtles or frogs or really anything in those areas you're fine. like yeah. gross in here okay so that brings us to urethenes plasticus tell me about her okay is she cute mm, i mean it's a little tiny little shrimp okay. <laughs> so well, i guess shrimp. so <laughs> so it is an amphipod so it, it falls under everything i just said we're gonna call her plasticus because that first word is a nightmare um they were first described in 2020 so really recently Okay. kind of discovered yeah. i guess it was named in reference to the pet plastics which is polyethylene terephthalate um it's plastic oh, no. plastic yeah it's the polymer found in like all plastics um found in its stomach so oh. they named this animal after the plastic that it was that was in its stomach. Oh. Um, the name is intentional and highlights the global extent of the plastic pollution crisis. And that is because plasticus is found at depths between 6,010 meters, which is 19,000 feet. Wow. Um, and 6,900 meters, which is 22,000 feet deep. So plastics at like <clears throat> the bottom of the sea. Mariana Trench. <laughs> yep. Plastics are down there. Um, so yeah, its name reflected the fact that every single specimen had plastic microfibers embedded in its guts. Not one specimen didn't have plastic, No, which is just disgusting Aww. because of the scarcity of food in the deep ocean. Plastic kiss has adapted the ability to eat just about anything that sinks down to the trench. Unfortunately, as non-picky eaters, they are susceptible to accidentally eating plastic. Wait, will they, can they eat it? Like in terms of you know what i mean like if i eat plastic it's just gonna pass through but like does it get used by their body i mean there's no nutritional value to it it just stays yeah. in their gut it just becomes a part of their yeah stomach it's just like who they are oh yeah um okay so the researchers that discovered them examined the stomachs of four individuals and it was discovered that they had ingested a microplastic fiber further analysis showed that the mi microplastic was pet plastic like i said 
And um, that's, yeah, that's even fibers in clothes are made from that stuff. So it's our clothes aren't even decomposing enough. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is not an uncommon phenomenon as other studies have found microplastics in tap water, air, salt, honey, and even beer. Mm. So mermaids love beer. Honey kind of bums me out. Honey bums me out. Yeah. The plastic microfiber that was found in the animal's hindgut was 84% similar to pet plastic. Did Um, you know that humans eat a credit card's worth of plastic in their food every year? I totally believe that. Yeah. A credit card. I'm not even surprised. I'm kind of surprised that it's... We have microplastics in our blood and now they're finding it in babies who are like breastfeeding. That's so sad. That's so everywhere. That's really bad. We definitely need that seaweed alternative. Yes. Like Go Australia. See, Australians are just the greatest. They're they're like, you know what? Seaweed. They're doing the hard work. Good job, Aussies. Good job. We're here for you. Yes. Um, Okay. So yeah. So basically 20,000 feet under the sea level, there is plastic and like clothing fibers and people are and animals are eating it um there was no baseline no plastic free version of the species it had become one with its contaminant and it's just further proof that we have managed to saturate the ocean with plastic down to its greatest depths and tiny creatures like they're tiny microscopic creatures are filled with our plastic Mm. So um, basically, it tells us a story about how our trash and recycling practices on land have a global impact, reaching even the deep ocean. Um, Joanna Weston is quoted by saying, I hope that the plasticus helps inspire positive actions from each of us on land. Finding a new species that we didn't even know was there before and finding plastic in it just shows how widespread this is as a pollutant. Yeah. Like, damn. Well, sorry. That was a bummer. I told you it's a bummer. Said that, I'm like, I guess that's a good, a different version of spooky because you're all going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I originally had a different animal that I was going to research, but it was boring. Yeah. Well, I told you about this one because I read it in this, I read about it in the same book that I found this animal that I'm going to talk about. Yes. And I was like, because I remember reading that it had merged with its contaminant. And I was like, just the thought of that is. There's no plastic free little shrimpy. I just can't wrap my head around that our our waste has hit something we can't even go to. Yeah. We can't even go that deep and our stuff is there. There. Yeah. Well, do you want to hear about (laughs) something else? Yes. (laughs) What looks like a pit bull's head on a stick and it's a jellyfish? (laughs) Absolutely, I do. Here at Save the Mermaids podcast, we are always looking for fun and sustainable businesses to support. And one that we absolutely love is Nudiewear. I met the owners, Christy and Ryan, at a scuba cleanup right here on Oahu. They're a local sustainable clothing brand that makes activewear, swimsuits, dry bags, purses, and headbands in gorgeous wildlife-inspired patterns such as the Mandarin fish, Nudibranx, and whale sharks. They donate 10% of each purchase to conservation efforts across the globe. Their activewear is made from recycled water bottles, and they even make beautiful jewelry out of the discarded fishing nets. Go to our website, www.mermaidconservation.com, and use the code SAVETHEMERMAIDS to receive 10% off of your purchase. 
And if you're on the island of Oahu, join Nudiewear for their monthly underwater cleanups. See you there. So I first heard about this uh, animal while I was reading Susan Casey's book, The Underworld. Uh, I've told everybody to read it. Read it. It's really cool. Um, they were exploring a 4.5 mile deep, which is over 7,000 meter, uh, trench called the Java trench in the Indian ocean for the first time. Um, a guy named Alan Jameson, chief scientist of the five deeps expeditions ran into this never before seen species of sea squirt. It was casually floating along the floor. This jelly-like creature sailed along in front of the five deeps team, uh, deep sea submarine and perfect view of the camera and displayed a blue and white balloon like floater it literally just like came out and was like take my picture like right in front of their camera cool um he described it as it's it's known as the stalked oscidian which is a type of sea squirt albeit one that they have quote never laid eyes on before this is how i describe it so that sounded magical (laughs) if you look it up it does not look magical so it looks like a murderous death balloon (laughs) Maybe like a jaguar or a pit bull head on a long skinny stick. And then at the bottom of the stick, there's a flower blooming at the end. Okay. So that's what I think it looks like. <laughs> um, look it up. Stalked Askidian. Super creepy. Uh, what that long thing is, is that's actually the nerve cord along the back of the body. The notochord or the firm rod of cells beneath the nerve cord. Um, that's what's in our backbone. And then it actually has gill slits. Uh, they have disappeared in some chordates, but were present during evolutionary development. So it's just, yeah, isn't that like, a, it looks like a ghost jaguar head floating, like disembodied with like just its nerve column yeah, left. It looks like somebody tried to summon their Patronus, which should be a jaguar, <laughs> but like didn't quite get there. They weren't done yet. <laughs> um. Okay, so according to the Australian Museum, Ascidians are an evolutionary link between invertebrates and vertebrates. Oh. Yeah, so they have that. That right there is a primitive backbone at some stage in their life cycle, but in other aspects, like the jelliness, they resemble invertebrates. Most Ascidians are hermaphrodites, which means they produce both eggs and sperm, and they also reproduce by external fertilization, releasing the egg and the sperm into the water column. Um, their common name of sea squirt arises from their habit of squirting a jet of water when you stand on or near them during low tide. Oh my god! Like a little sea squirt. These are relatives. When when I think sea squirt, I think like adorable little like chunky octopus looking thing. Yeah. But squirt makes more sense. <laughs> they squirt it. Oh, I know. Okay. Yeah. That's adorable. Yep. Um, <laughs> there's, like I said, there's not much on this except for it's just a creepy looking animal. Um, if the Ascidian lives in deep water, it usually thrives on plankton living within the water column. Um, according to live science, there's a high probability of this being a completely new species since there's no record of such a creature this far down at over 6,500 meters, which is 21,300 feet. Oh, it's so deep. It's so deep. <laughs> Uh, this creature likely anchors itself to the seafloor with its long tentacle, perhaps to keep still in a seismically active seafloor. So they legit like live in volcanoes. Cool. Yeah. Um, trenches are seismically active because they are dips on the seafloor where one tectonic plate is pushed be- t- beneath another. So it's a it's a dangerous, more earthquake than volcano, I guess. Yeah. Um, as for why the tentacle is so long, Jameson suggested it might help the creature filter feed up to 3.3 feet, so one meter above the seafloor. So maybe it holds on, but it can like be higher in case there's dust 
Aw. Yeah, it's creepy little back column. He has little spines sticking it's out. It's so gross. That it's it's gross. a creepy looking animal. <laughs> um, because the deepest parts of four out of the five oceans have never been visited by humans before, quote, it's not a big surprise to our science team that we're spotting some creatures that we're pretty sure are new to are a new species, uh, says the creator of the expedition, Victor Vescovo. And he's in this book a lot. He's so cool. <laughs> Victor. Victor, he's part of the. So he went to all the deepest parts on the planet and now he's doing i'm sure some other amazing expedition but he's part of the explorers club oh cool yeah for him um he is an explorer and a businessman who made the first five dives down to the depths um usually solo because that's how he rolls that's terrifying that's terrifying and in the book if you read it the underworld she interviews him and talks about multiple times that he's like lost communication or like a fire started in his thing and yeah that man has has balls of steel because There's no way uh, no i would throw up and fall over and die i yeah. think <laughs> anything could jump out at you yeah you don't know mm-hmm. um so yeah he did the five dives in a titanium and glass sphere submersible so Good on you, Victor. He found a ghost beheaded jaguar pipple. <laughs> Thanks so much for diving in with us today. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Save the Mermaids Podcast. Visit our website at www.mermaidconservation.com for all the podcast merch and our eco-friendly favorites. And don't forget to join our Facebook community, Save the Mermaids Podcast Community. This is where we will post our monthly meetups, share our favorite underwater adventures, and connect with like-minded ocean lovers all over the world. Until next time, mermaids! Mermaids!